Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As of right now, we are at war. How desperate you call on such lost creatures to defend you? How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very might not be glad that you did. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they can become something more. Welcome to Fury's Finest, a podcast about Marvel Crisis Protocol and the Marvel Universe. My name is Jesse Aiken, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Ruffett. Chris, how are you doing today? Jesse, I am doing great. I am super, super excited about MCP right now. As a matter of fact, just a little, little advertisement here. I think this month's episode of our After Dark is going to be building my new initial new list. That's right. Uh, that I will be playing for the next few months. So teaser. I'm very, very excited. Getting getting a lot of painting in. Uh, my painting production is stepping up. So it's good. All good things. Love it. Love to hear it. Yeah, and I just came back freshly from a wonderful tournament in Dallas, Texas, run by none other than the amazing Sooner, Nathan. We love Nathan so much. Oh, yeah. And we'll probably talk about that soon on the podcast, but it was a really great qualifier event. Had a great time, brought Miss Emma and her Hellfire, and it's like riding a bike, you know? Yeah. T- taking a little time off, but came right back to it. Had a blast, quite honestly. And Fury's Finest got to supply some train for that event as well, and people really enjoyed that because, I mean, Chris knows, and you guys know as listeners, but obviously I brought tables that were all different themes to try to bring some yes. variety, right? We tend to play uh, heavy on the terrain here in Tulsa. That's right. And I told so. So I gave it all sooner. I said, do whatever you want with this train. I said, every box has more train than a board needs because that's how we like to do it because we'll swap out a piece here or there on a different yep. game night, like swap out a size three for a different size three that's different shape, etc. And it was great. Yeah, we had the iWar game, Mars Colony, which is 
A fantastic yes, I love that one. map. Yeah, it's just so clean. Of course, my Wakandan Plains, a little bit of Krakoa action, a little bit of Dark Dimension board, which mm. is my personal favorite board. The Dark of mine. Dimension is my favorite of your boards as well. I think it was Dr. D who gave me the greatest compliment on that ever. He was like an artistic interpretation of the evil Dr. Strange from Multiverse of Madness. Like what happened to his mm. shattered universe? Yes, absolutely. Right? His shattered universe because of the choices he made. But you'd made the board before the movie came out. That's crazy, right? <laughs> It's all uh, concepts we love about Doctor Strange, right? Any minute that could happen to him, right? Um, Because the the power he wields. Some could argue that it's happening all the time. Yeah. (laughs) In several universes, like the film showed us. But yeah, it was an amazing tournament. We'll talk about that very soon. But today, we had to return back to Asgard because we only got a little bit of Asgard left, Chris. I say until, of course, AMG gifts us with Jane Foster, Sif, a new Thor, and a new classic Loki. I got to have all my Asgard painted and ready to go. That's my plan. Just have everything fully ready. It's going to be Asgard mirror matches everywhere that week. (laughs) Can't wait. Thor into Thor. It's going to be like when the new Wakanda comes out, right? It's just going to be, it's just going to be Wakanda mirror matches. And this is my take on Wakanda versus your take on Wakanda. It's going to be wild. So I got two different Wakanda tables. We can go all Wakanda if we want. We can do the Wakandan temple and the Wakandan plains and just play on those. After the Rivals panel box comes out, that's a third. Yeah, could expand third to a board. third board. Yeah, 100%. Uh, amazing stuff. Well, I mentioned we're back in Asgard, and we are back in Asgard with one of the most famous characters in Marvel Christ Protocol right now, but also a character that Chris and I really love a lot, Beta Ray Very, Bill. very much. So Bill's going to be an exciting episode to do today, and you know, I think we got to get right into it because we have a lot to say. Let's thank our affiliate groups. Fury's Finest is supported by Mr. Laser. Go to mr-laser.square.site for all your Marvel Crisis Protocol needs. And of course, you can use the code FURY5 at checkout to get 5% off of Mr. Laser's already discounted rate. It's great. Also, Mr. Laser has sleeves now for your Shatterpoint and MCP. So why Excellent. not throw some sleeves in your cart with your models? Need them. Got to have them. Oh, speaking of support for the podcast, iWarGame makes the absolute best marked mats for Marvel Crisis Protocol, and we use them all of the time. We love iWarGame mats. We highly, highly recommend checking them out at iWarGame.net. And if you choose to buy one, I hope you'd buy a few. Please use the checkout code FFPodcast for 10% off of those fabulous, fabulous mats. Of course, our show is supported by our patrons at, at patreon.com slash Furious Finest. If you enjoy the show and would like to support us and join our private Discord community, go to that link, check out the tiers, find the one that suits you. We recommend the second tier the most because you get the bonus episode of the podcast as well. And you guys help us keep the lights on. So we, t- we take this time to thank all of our patrons for their support. And we have a new patron of the week, John, to thank. Thank you so much, John. Thank you, John. And of course, we have to thank our Avenger-level producers, These are the folks that make us go. Rich and Sean, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. All right, Chris, let's get right into Beta Ray Bill today and lore and strategy, starting with lore. I'm very excited about this. Oh, man, that's a lot. All right, it's Beta Ray Bill time, something that I have been looking forward to for a long time. Beta Ray Bill is a a very important character to me. I love him very much. And he's come up on our show a lot over the years, Chris, especially in sure. the early years of the podcast when we started delving into a lot of the cosmic stuff first that was released for MCP. If you want to get more Beta Ray Bill content, definitely check out our Guardians of the Galaxy series yep. because he makes a lot of appearances in those stories, which you know we might 
touch on today, but we're not going to touch on through the context of the lens of the Guardians and those stories. It's going to be more like, you know, Bill was there or he was adjacent. But it's funny because he came up so much in those episodes, you know, and I just think back to that, that, that time of the podcast. <laughs> He's a cosmic force. And, you know, a lot of characters through Marvel's history kind of get thrown in the cosmic realm when they're being shopped and trying to figure out where they're going to land in the hierarchy and, you know, what teams they need to be on, what their role in the Marvel universe is. And, you know, despite Beta Ray Bill's popularity with a lot of people, definitely a cult character, you know, Marvel has had a pretty hard time figuring out where he goes. And that's okay. So let's let's really get into it here. Who is Beta Ray Bill? Beta Ray Bill is a Corbinite. Corbinites are an alien, a humanoid alien race. They have orange skin, no nose, no ears, but other than that, essentially look human. Beta Ray Bill is a Corbinite that through the, the machinations of the fire demon Surtur and Surtur coming back into this plane of existence through the galaxy in which the Corbinites resided to, to kind of combat this, the Corbinites de- decided to, to create a champion, a cybernetic champion. And Beta Ray Bill became that champion. His consciousness is moved into this cybernetic body with this equine face. You know, the Beta Ray Bill, we all know a, a fierce, fierce protector of the Corbinite people. Very loyal, very duty bound. That is that is the general who is Beta Ray Bill. Love that. Yeah. And you mentioned the equine face, very iconic part of this character. Mm-hmm. Walt Simonson, right? Who yes. came up with this concept of- well, Walt, uh, Walt created Beta Ray Bill by himself. Yeah. Right. So he saw a horse skull, right? And how different a horse skulls looks than with their- Yeah fully healthy skin and everything on right and he would right. sparked something in his brain to create you know of course beta ray bill's iconic look the lipless oh it's horse skull look not horse face look it's a yep. horse skull look yep. and you know it also gives him a lot of an intimidation factor which is great that's exactly what the corbinites were going for well yeah. done well so there, done so there it is so <laughs> corbinites i'm i'm worried <laughs> i am intimidated uh, for sure so let's talk about Beta Ray Bill's powers in this wonderful cybernetic body. And just to kind of cut through it, this man is the equal of Thor. So just think of him as a mirror of Thor, just to be 100% honest. He is Thor's oath brother. He owns a hammer like Thor. He has the same powers as Thor when he has Stormbreaker. Uh, They literally fight each other to a standstill. So uh, all of the powers of Thor, Beta Ray Bill, He's got him. He's extra strong, extra fast, you know, excellent hand-to-hand combatant, all of it. He's got a couple things that Thor does not have. Uh, You know, Thor's got the goats. Well, Beta Ray Bill's got Scuttlebutt. Scuttlebutt is a ship with its own consciousness. If I'm understanding correctly, I believe more recently, it's a Corbinite consciousness that's in this ship. Before that, it was an AI ship, but it has been changed. This ship can self-heal, you know, make its own decisions, doesn't need someone in there driving it. So it is, it, Scuttlebutt is loyal and trusty companion that also happens to be a giant space ship with lasers. Also, 
wonderfully. It's got a great medical bay, <laughs> right? And Scuttlebutt can just patch Bill right back together. It's wonderful. That's amazing. What a relationship. It reminds me a lot of uh, Phantom X. Yeah, for sure. But of course, Phantom X, that ship is like a bio ship. It's a whole thing. Their consciousnesses may be the same. I'm not sure on that one. I need to look more into it or just revisit uh, Phantom X. So Bill is going to first appear in comics in Mighty Thor number 337 in November 1983. So Bill's been around for a while. He's created by exclusively by Walt Simonson. You know, after Walt leaves the book, though, Beta Ray Bill is just going to kind of disappear from the Marvel uh, landscape for a while, which really stinks. So as I alluded to earlier, uh, the galaxy, the Corbinites are from the burning galaxy. It was the site of Sortor, the fire demon, kind of coming into this realm of existence to try to destroy everything, of course. And so, of course, the Corbinites had to flee. And the only way for them to do this and survive is, of course, to go into a cryogenetic sleep as an entire race, have a designated champion that becomes, you know, a a Corbinite in a cybernetic body that will wake up whenever uh, needed, whenever this fleet carrying everyone in cryo sleep is, is threatened. Isn't that exactly what you would come up with Jesse given facing that situation. Of course it's the only option. So beta Ray bill is now the defender of his whole race. Okay. Not only that, but he's not in his own body anymore. He is now a cybernetic monster, an awesome cybernetic monster, but pretty, you know, a weird state of being right. So he's going to, he's going to defend the fleet and eventually they're going to near earth and wouldn't you know it, old Nick Fury and shield, they're going to pick it up. They're going to, they're going to catch this fleet. Nick Fury is going to ask none other than Thor to go figure out what's going on, dispatch this threat. And this will be the fateful meeting of Thor and beta Ray bill. They are going to fight and they're going to fight and they're going to fight Eventually, now keep in mind, this is the 80s. This is the Simonson run. So when Thor is separated from his hammer for more than 60 seconds, he's going to revert to the mortal form of Dr. Donald Blake. So what's going to happen is, of course, Beta Ray Bill is going to knock that hammer from Thor. He's going to revert to Donald Blake. Thor's going to get knocked out. So Beta Ray Bill is going to just straight knock Donald Blake out. And then... This is the big important thing about Beta Ray Bill's first appearance in comics. This will be the first time for a non-Asgardian character, and and not just Marvel Asgardian character, but a non-kind of, how to say it, you know, mythically tied, canonical character to to the mythos of, what, the Vikings, I guess, is going to touch Mjolnir. Uh, Beta Ray Bill will lift Molinier, and this will also be the first time it's kind of established that if someone is worthy picking up Molinier other than Thor, they will be kind of transformed into this Thor-like garb and given the powers of Thor. So it is immediately established that Beta Ray Bill is worthy. He is the measure of Thor in every way. They are step for step. So Beta Ray Bill is going to pick up the hammer and Odin needing Thor as Asgard may be 
being under attack, Odin summons, mistakenly, summons Beta Ray Bill thinking he's grabbing Thor. Beta Ray Bill's going to put up a fight thinking that this is more people trying to attack the Corbinites, and eventually it's going to be sorted out. Odin will will have Stormbreaker forged out of Uru, the metal that uh, Molnir is forged from, and gift it to Beta Ray Bill as Beta Ray Bill has asked for Molnir since he won it in combat to, you know, retain these powers to help defend the Corbinite people. So, you know, this accord is struck. We've got Stormbreaker. We've got Thor. They are now, they're now Oath Brothers bonded forever. You know, best buds. It's great. Awesome. So over the following months, Bill's going to show up here and there. He and Sif are going to get particularly close. He's going to battle Surtur's demons. He's going to protect the Corbinites. For a while, he will join the original Thor core, which is going to be Odin's son, Thunderstrike, and the other Thor, Dargo Kator. And, you know, it's kind of, it's just established through this time that Bill, and as MCP players, you're all very aware of this, Bill is just an Asgardian at this point. Yeah. He's going to continue to show up in Asgard's times of need. He's going to be a close confidant of Thor and Sif. He's just going to kind of become part of this Asgardian family, the Thor kind of umbrella of Marvel Comics. Um, Eventually, he will be able to, and and during this time, uh, Stormbreaker will also kind of act in the same way that Molnir does with Thor and Donald Blake. If Beta Ray Bill taps Stormbreaker on the ground, you know, it'll turn into a walking cane and he will come back to his Corbinite body and, you know, be flesh and blood once again. And I, I think it's during this time he and Sif get particularly close. Bill's going to assist during Ragnarok, but he will be sent back as to, you know, it's it's kind of this last thing. We're all doomed. You get out of here. You have people to protect, uh, you know, carry on our, carry on our memory. Of course, as you know, the Asgardians pull through in the end, as they always do. Eventually Bill is going to find the Corbinites, a new home and he's going to, you know, the, the Corbinites are going to wake up, uh, reestablish their society. And this is where it's going to get really kind of awkward for Bill. He's kind of chastised by his people for spending too much time with the Asgardians. He is, treated as an outsider, as an other, due to the fact that, you know, he is a giant cybernetic monster, uh, despite, you know, sacrificing everything to protect his people. We've got some X-Men themes here, right? Light X-Men themes. Very true. But of course, there's going to be a world-threatening threat. It's going to be Galactus in the form of Ashta. Ashta being one of Galactus's forms and the form known to the Corbinites. So therefore it's been part of Corbinite myth for a long time, but it turns out it's Galactus. Now is when Galactus is going to eat new, <laughs> new Corbinite. Oh no. <laughs> so it's gone. <laughs> and not only that, uh, he's got a new Herald. His, this new Herald is Stardust and they are Stardust and Bill are going to quickly form a little rivalry here. And Stardust being a newer herald is not exactly the brightest bulb. And he's going to open up Dimension Gate, 
to try to trap Beta Ray Bill in a dimension full of demons to for Bill to just essentially be tortured forever. Of course, that's not going to happen. But what does happen is they're going to, through their fighting with this, this gate open, they're going to inadvertently free a very, very ancient evil known as Astaroth. And then Alpha Ray Bill, <laughs> then Alpha Ray Bill is going to appear. And Alpha Ray is the precursor to Beta Ray, of course, Alpha Beta. And he's always trying to take Beta Ray Bill's spot. It never happens, but you know, it's annoying. <laughs> it's just not. So, but Alpha Ray is going to reappear here and he's going to be empowered by Galactus. It's I eventually Alpha Ray will come to his senses and help push Astaroth back into kind of this event horizon that will will trap her back, you know, keep her sequestered from the rest of the living as she wants to do nothing but destroy them. Unfortunately, Astaroth will corrupt the vessel that the Corbinites have kind of uploaded their spirits into. And this is really going to get Bill. He thinks that he's lost his entire race of people, but there is a little bit of hope at the end. He, this, this data core, you know, it's a very Marvel thing. You know, it's, it's holding a bunch of souls and spirits and it's ostensibly a technological piece but it looks like magic because it's a glowing purple orb. Anyway, it's going to start glowing a little bit again. Bill's going to realize that not all is lost. He's going to reunite with Scuttlebutt and off to Asgard they go. Now on the way to Asgard, a little bit of Astroth is going to kind of re-manifest here and confront Bill as Omega Ray Bill. This is kind of an evil being that has, it's Astroth's leftover power, right? And it, Looks kind of like a Corbinite, all the stuff. This is when Bill is going to unleash the massive God Blast. So this is essentially Thor's, this is Thor's God Blast. This is Thor's big Thunder Blast, and it will, for all intents and purposes, kill Beta Ray Bill. Now, I'm kind of getting into the nitty gritty here because this is all really interesting and weird stuff. And case in point, is Bill is going to reemerge on the Marvel landscape here, but it's going to be his spirit in a human. He's going to reawaken in the body of a homeless war veteran named Simon Walters. Then he's going to have some adventures with Spider-Man. Uh, he's going to find himself in Toronto, team up with Omega Flight. He's going to help fight against the Wrecking Crew. He's going to fight some supernatural beasts and eventually Bill is going to take this, this MacGuffin, this talisman that, that all kinds of bad things are trapped inside. And he's going to take this into this realm of the great beasts and he's going to trap them in there with himself. And, you know, where he's just going to fight demons for all eternity. And this is kind of where we're left with Beta Ray Bill. And, you know, I, I kind of got into a lot of this minutia here to illustrate how Marvel was just trying to figure out what this guy's doing. He's fighting ancient evils. He's then, you know, in the body of a homeless human man. He's teaming up with Omega Flight. It's just, it's kind of all over the place and it's kind of a little wacky. And then uh, magically through comic books, he, uh, we're going to see Bill again during Secret Invasion. Somehow he has 
returned to his mortal Corbinite body. He's been freed from the realm of the great beasts. But the kind of trade-off to this is he's been being tortured by the scrolls for a while. <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty terrible stuff. He will eventually escape. He's going to go and warn Asgard of this scroll invasion. During during this, you know, during the shenanigans here, I think we talked about it, but Loki is of course working against Asgard here in a in a play for more power. And during these the, the scuttling back and forth between Loki, Thor, and, and you know Bill's in his mortal form, so he's not a lot he can do here. But Thor is going to toss Molinier to Bill. And voila, what do you know? We're back, baby. It, it is from here. Bill is going to help his, with Balder uh, lead the Asgardians in their fight against the scrolls. Pretty big stuff. He and Thor are going to really get into it deep with, you know, the super scroll. Uh, they will eventually defeat the super scroll. And from there, Beta Ray Bill is going to have his own very interesting kind of unworthy period. He is going to lose himself in his quest for vengeance against Galactus. Uh, this is the, you know, Bill's God Hunter period. And during this time, he will become unworthy only regaining his worthiness after setting aside his anger and desire for revenge to actually use his powers to revive Galactus because reviving Galactus at this point means saving trillions of, of sentient lives. So it's through this Galactus is going to thank Bill by taking one of these Corbinite spirits out of, out of this meta orb that they're all trapped in and kind of bringing them forth into this realm with their mortal body. And just like that, Beta Ray Bill is going to have a companion and a mate in the form of a female Corbinite. And this, this act will also make him worthy of holding Stormbreaker again. So from here, we're going to enter, you know, what is part of my favorite period of Marvel. And that is the Dan Abnett Marvel Cosmic. The Thanos Imperative. During the Thanos Imperative, Bill is going to... It's going to be part of one of the coolest teams Marvel's ever made, in my opinion. It's going to be Beta Ray Bill, Gladiator, Silver Surfer, Ronan the Accuser, Quasar, all being led by Nova. This is Richard Ryder, Nova, mind you. OP group. Awesomely OP group. Super, super cool. They will eventually become known as the Annihilators, and they will enter the Cancerverse to save us all from destruction. It's really rad. And from here, the, you know, Beta Ray Bill is going to have various little adventures through Dan Abnett's Marvel Cosmic, and he's going to kind of stay a cosmic, in the cosmic realm, but eventually joining the Guardians of the Galaxy as... Jesse mentioned earlier, uh, we've talked about quite a bit, and this is all going to be very Thanos centered. He will, of course, be around through the entire kind of annihilation run. He'll be there when Richard Ryder sacrifices himself. There's a lot that happens through this run, and it's a lot, a lot of books. But if you have the time and desire, I really, really do uh, recommend reading the entire Dan Abnett Marvel Cosmic start to finish. I believe Thanos Imperative 
might be the beginning, but yeah, we've talked about a lot on the show. We've recommended it many times, but this gives me beta Ray bill. lets me talk about it again. So love it. Uh, he is going to, he's going to be kind of buddies with the inhumans for a while. Uh, he and Lockjaw are going to develop a really, really great relationship, but you know, nearing the end of beta Ray, where we're going to talk about beta Ray bill here is eventually bill is going to lose Stormbreaker. But in a very, very, I think, very cool thing, he's going to get a new weapon, a new, you know, cosmically powered mystical weapon. He's going to actually get the Twilight Sword from Surtur, the the fire demon, whom we hadn't necessarily seen in a long time, but was, I mean, the catalyst that brought Beta Ray Bill into the Marvel Universe. And the Twilight Sword, of course, is going to give him that kind of Thor form of sorts when he needs it and everything, but very, I think a very, very cool, uh, this is, you know, the modern take on bill is going to be him with that twilight sword. So if you read his, if you see him in comics today, it's going to be with the sword. And that is the reason why, but beta Ray bill kind of presented an interesting challenge for lore, just because he's been around for so much and he's been, Adjacent to so many things, or maybe he's had his own books very, very few times. He is a big, big deal in the Marvel Universe, and he has a, definitely has a large group of cult fans, but he's not, he's never broken through to that, that pop culture kind of glass ceiling, you know? So I, I think Beta Ray Bill is a very interesting case in Marvel of a popular character without a real home outside of you know, Thor's kind of sidekick and buddy, but you know, maybe eventually that will change. Maybe we will find that, but then again, maybe not. Maybe this is what Bill is and that's okay. I think he's got some of the coolest dialogue that Marvel's ever created. I think he's just an incredible character that will do whatever he has to. He will set his jaw and go sacrifice his life without complaint. And he's, I don't know, he's just a very rad character in my estimation yeah let's let's talk about him as a character real quick chris before we move on to your comic recommendation so i think people love bill so much because he is so defined as a character right you mentioned his dialogue you also mentioned his honor bound nature he is incredibly honor bound he's like a wandering samurai at times you know oh yeah or a jedi knight but once again bill is He's cool because he's a little bit removed from part of this. It has to be the cyborg part, right? For sure. At least that's the intention. But he's removed from a lot of moral stuff, though he is he can be moral, right? And he does no right and wrong. But I don't know. He's a little bit different, right? And it's not a Ronin situation where it's this intense conviction. <laughs> it's just what he is, you know? It 100%. reminds me of Heimdall, which we just did a little bit. They are both very loyal duty bound characters they were both selfless so yeah I, and both extremely powerful so yeah i think that is but that's kind of an asgardian thing right honor and duty all of these things always play very very much into asgardian mythos and i believe bill might be one of the best representations of that which is great too because he got grandfathered into asgard right Oh, he was, he, you know, Simonson brought him in, created him, you know, and it was 
always leading up to this this big confrontation with Surtur for Simonson and, and Ragnarok, and Bill was part of that. And I'm Spring. not sure he really planned on Bill being more after that, after the culmination of his run, but I think it's a testament to how good the character is. He's he's a very grim loner, you know? Yeah. He's he's defended a, a sleeping race for forever, then been rejected by that by the very people he's defended. I don't know. He's just fascinating. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. And I love his determination and just never, ever, ever giving up. Never. Absolutely. And it's just awesome too, because you mentioned how that was the plan all along the Ragnarok arc and grandfathered into Asgard that way. But I also mean grandfathered in the sense of the Marvel universe, like the Asgardians accepted him as one of their own, which is unusual for them. They're pretty like you're born in Asgard, you're Asgardian people, all this stuff. And Bill, this half machine, half alien horseman breaks those barriers down and all the way to the top too. I mean, he can use Thor's hammers. He is worthy. Yeah. Not many other people are worthy to hold that hammer, right? Certainly not. So that I think is a testament to why people love this character so much because there's layers to who he is, but also where he ends up, you know? And like I said, being being brought into Asgard is is no minor thing. No, not in our world and in the Marvel universe, both, you know? So the fact that it was done so well makes perfect sense. Uh, yeah, I think it's all also why he stayed around and will probably continue to stay around in some capacity. You know, well, Chris, there's no MCU today. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> eventually, I guess. <laughs> we'll see. Do we want him to show up right now when they're lobbing these softballs no. for everybody to watch? Let's have him show up when they're like deep in cosmic, right? Let's have him show up when they figure it out again. Yeah, but you got to close this out like you always do with your comic book recommendation. Two easy ones today, and then a then a hard one. Stormbreaker, the saga of Beta Ray Bill. Just it's it's fun. It, it will explain everything. Then Annihilators, Earthfall. Nice. Read the the cool the most op coolest team uh, Marvel's ever put together. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. I love them. I love. Them. And then of course the big hard one is just read the entire Dan Abnett Marvel Cosmic, both Annihilations, War of Kings. Yeah. And everything in between. It's very, very, very much worth it. And you too will also love Richard Ryder after you're done. You most certainly will. And Annihilus as a villain. Oh, I know. He's good, but come on. You know I'm not a villain guy. True. Well, let's just get right into Beta Ray Bill and Marvel Christ Protocol today because we got a lot to say about this character that is all over the game and rightfully so. His name is Beta Ray Bill. His alter ego is Bill. Love it. He's a four threat model, and his defenses are four physical, four energy, three mystic. He has a stamina of six. He's a size, only a size two, something we all forget quite often. He's a medium mover on a medium sized base. So, yes, that is lizard levels of movement. And on his injured side, Chris, he has a stamina of five, giving him a total of 11, which is pretty normal for our four threat category. And in a lot of ways, he's part of that initial wave of the redesigned four threats. Yeah, definitely. Him and Rhino came out swinging. Him and Rhino came out. Uh, I think they both got announced in similar time frames. And yes, they both they both came out and made very big impacts on the game. Very tanky, four dice, physical, four dice energy. Of course, defense yeah. dice, a little less impactful 
than they were maybe three years ago. So Jesse, let's talk about his first attack. He has got three attacks. The first one being Stormbreaker. This is his only physical attack. It is a range of two, strength of five, power cost of zero. After this attack is resolved, Beta Ray Bill gains power equal to the damage dealt. So it is your classic builder. On a wild, you will trigger stun. Uh, his stun is after the attack is resolved. Target character gains the, sp the stun condition. So not the best version of stun, but I'll take it. Stun can be debilitating in certain characters. Yes, you. I think, was it you that proved, or what? This was proven to me in our last uh, round robin night. I was just stunned up everywhere in one of our games. I couldn't do anything. Yeah, you just kind of have to shake it, right? Like, you just have to get rid of it. Uh, Stormbreaker is fine. It's five dice. It's our normal strike situation. The stun's really the nice part about it, but tough part is, is Bill's got to be in melee to do this, but he has ways to get in melee. But let's move on to his next attack. It is an energy attack called Summon the Storm. It's range four. It's his range attack. Strength of six and power cost of two. If the target enemy character has the flight superpower, this character may reroll up to two of its attack dice, including skull results. Very nice. And on a wild, you will trigger shock. You will give the enemy character the shock special condition. So I really love this attack, Chris. It only costs two, potentially up to eight dice in theory, if they're a flight character. But more importantly, it gives Bill something to do when he just can't reach yes. anyone, right? Yes. But he is scoring you points, so he is doing something. He's when he's holding the game. an extract and sitting on an objective, yeah. But no one's in his face. Yep. He can throw a hammer. And do not underestimate the power of shock against powerful models, right? Hulks, Cosmic Ghost Riders, Malekiths. Competitively speaking, it's a very attrition-heavy meta, too. So shock is actually at a premium in in the current day time of recording this kit continues to mirror our classic thor which we haven't done in a very long time but if you pick up from that episode picked up right here you'll see the similarities between stormbreaker and some of the storm thor passing out shocks as well right so it actually fits the asgard playstyle quite well which is and, a lot yeah, of control. the Molnir, i would venture to guess mm -hmm. that mighty thor jane foster when we get her she will have some version of this i it's it's going to be it's going to be similar to the shield throw right yeah it's just what they have. They throw the hammer out, and if they get that wild, they give you shock. I, I I dig it. Absolutely. All right. Let's talk about his third attack, the big spender. It's God Hunter. We talked about it a little bit. It is an energy attack, range two, strength of five, power cost of three. Add dice to the attack roll equal to the character's size. Very sweet. On a critical, wild, and a hit, you will trigger Hurl. After the attack is resolved, throw the target character medium no size restrictions on that yeah this is a wonderful attack into the big boys your sentinel primes yeah mamus even your hulks your malekiths this is great yeah this attack is tough it's kind of a trap for me I, I never get off the throw and that's the main reason i want it i i rarely use this attack but i love that i have the option to have it <laughs> yeah just keep in mind it's an option but summon the storm is just very consistent and of course, Bill's superpowers are very consistent. So you frequently don't have the power to do this. But I do second what Chris said. Maybe you only consider this on size fours and size fives, right? And then, and then you might actually be late it. game, right? Yeah, 100%. But you start getting these weird questions where it's like, is summon the storm with two rerolls where I get to fix skulls better against Malekith than this? Maybe. 
you know, probably I'm also giving him a shock as well, potentially. So there's a lot of layers to it, but I do think when Bill is flush on power, you absolutely go for this, right? It is one of those opportunistic things, but I think we got to get right into his superpowers because this is what makes him really tick. And there's a lot of them. The first one is a active superpower called immeasurable strength, cost three power. Choose an interactive train feature or enemy enemy character, both size four or less within two of Bill and throw them medium. The superpower can only use once per turn. So he has Hulk's throw. He's got it. And it's good. That's nuts. This is the best thing on his card, I think, because it gives you flexibility with terrain or a character and as we've been alluding to this whole time, they kind of nailed the theme and lore of Bill, which is he can handle big characters, right? And if you're not handling big characters with him, you might not be utilizing him the best way possible. Like if he's fighting some little characters, what are these Stormbreaker attacks going to do against some two and three threats, right? Like might maybe miss or overkill them, right? But at the end of the day, he can shock, he can stun, he can throw big characters, right? With things on his kit. That's awesome. I love it. I, I love that he's kind of into to borrow the term from his attack. He is a god hunter, right? He went yeah. through this period in in comics. He's going after the big boys, and I imagine if we ever get Galactus in this game, Bill will probably be pretty decent into him. That'd be pretty cool if he was. Absolutely. All right, let's talk about the other superpower you want to keep power around on him for, and that is the reactive superpower, Corbinite cybernetics will cost you one power if this character would suffer damage bill may use this superpower reduce the amount of damage suffered by one so damage reduction check terrain throw character throw check built-in rerolls check what's not to like absolutely we'll get into his weakness later he does have one one glaring weakness but it's okay yeah, this is amazing, Chris. Corbinite Cybernetics. I will clarify because you know we do this type of stuff in our character episodes because this is a resource for you as a player in the community. But if this character would suffer damage, this is not an enemy effect. This is just plain damage. So crisis effects, throws, which I know are enemy effects, but I'm t- even talking about throws or collisions with your allies, right? Like well, if- even even think about beams, beams, allied beams. Yep. So any game effect that would hurt him, you may choose to pay one to reduce it by one. What's also crazy is this is not to a minimum of one. Right. So it gets around that as well. So this is more akin to Kingpin and not akin to our Luke Cage and Lizards we're so familiar with, right? So right. yeah, you have to pay for it, right? And then that that's that's the price you pay. But it's so much more versatile. I mean, think of like the Fisk objective. Think of gamma radiation from the gamma waves. Think of the cosmic cubes that hurt you, mm-hmm. right? There's all these things that Bill can reduce. Oh, perfect paranoia piece too. Paranoia. Yeah, absolutely. So, so many layers to the versatility of this. And it also like frequently with Bill, you'll be taking damage from an attack and you're like, yeah, I'm going to reduce it regardless because I'm still getting another damage put on me because they sent more than one, right? And I'm going to have another power to reduce the next attack as well, right? So there's many, many layers to it. I absolutely love it. It's, as Chris said, one of the main reasons you're playing this character. But let's continue with his superpowers and talk about these couple innate ones. And then we'll talk about Bill in Marvel Christ Protocol. So he has Honor Bound after an attack targeting Bill is resolved. If Bill suffered damage, doesn't matter because that goes with his Corbinite cybernetics. Bill may advance short towards the target character. So... 
it's aggressive, just renamed for Bill. But keep in mind, you can turn it off with Corbinite Cybernetics. So he does, you know, there are, he's not perfect, which is great because that would just be too good. He does have to take damage to deal it. So say you were hurting my Bill, I blocked two of your damage, and I reduced the third damage you were sending to me with Corbinite Cybernetics. Well, I'm not going to honor bound now because I, I physically can't because I took right. no damage. So keep that in mind. But continuing his innate powers, blessed by the All-Father during the power phase, this character gains one additional power. I love that it doesn't say Asgardian. It's, it's, he's been blessed. Because he's not. Yeah. He's not. But he is Asgardian for our purposes of MCP and understanding the, the he jargon. Fights, he fights with them. That's for sure. That's right. And he gets two power a turn, which the Asgardians love. Of course, Bill has flight. So his movement I mentioned earlier is even more paramount and powerful. And he has a couple of immunities because he is a a mix of Thor and a robot, right? So he has immunity to bleed, incinerate, and poison. The incinerate part is because he's Corbinite, right? But then the bleed and poison is our MCP rules, as is every robot in the game has immunity yep. to bleed and poison because they do not have living flesh and blood fully. And since he's our cyborg guy, he got those from the other robots. It's great. So that's his entire card, Chris. I did mention he goes down to five health, so he's much more susceptible on the back. But Bill, he's awesome. He's so good. I mean, kind of the paramount midline risk taker in the game right now. Yeah. Great eyes on the prize player because he gets two powered in the power phase. He can use eyes on the prize for one power. And now he can advance up to the midline, grab an extract fairly safely. Yep. And move away. Right. Great play against these super aggressive teams. Well said. So Bill is not overpowered. 100% agree. Yeah. Yeah. He's just a great plug and play character. And, you know, some characters in Marvel Christ Protocol can fit more places than others. That doesn't necessarily mean that they are just a more powerful model, right? I mean, Lizard, Iron Man, and Luke Cage fit a lot of places, right? If you really just None want to. None of them are overpowered, right? Yeah. But you could play them in any team, correct? Bill's yes. very much that on the four threats realm. I will mention Bill's weakness now while we're here. He has one weakness. It's he doesn't have action economy, action compression, right? He doesn't have a charge. He doesn't have a way to successfully get off two attacks a turn. The only way he has that is in your opponent's hand with honor bound, with aggressive and the dice going a certain way for him to take a damage and then to move perfectly in the box towards them, right? There's a lot of layers to it. I'm not saying he should have a charge. I'm just saying that is his weakness. He can be displaced. He can be ignored. He can be avoided. He can be rotated away from, right? So the onus on you as the build player is to make your opponent want to attack him. As Chris said, Bill should be holding an extract. He should be sitting on a point, right? He should be asking questions of your opponent because quite frankly, it's hard for him to get stuff from your opponent, especially on a spread map, right? He doesn't have a steal and he doesn't have action economy. Action, action economy. I mean, he has chase because he has movement, but you're still using one of your two actions. So what are you going to do? Move and then Stormbreaker one time? That's yeah. not a great build turn, right? Not a wonderful turn. So Bill's a great model to go last because you can round two onward. You can definitely have your throw in line, right? And you can move, move, throw someone off, right? And that's like one of his worst. If that's one of your worst plays, that's an amazing play because he can guarantee scoring a point, right? At some point. And that's kind of how I play him. <laughs> that's that. Isn't that the play that makes Hulk so good? <laughs> yeah. So he can do the Hulk play, right? Absolutely. Right. So to Hulk as well, right? Love that. 
His other weakness, of course, is that he is size two, and this is an intentional weakness because he can be moved by everything in the game that moves models, right? If he was size three or four, which of course he wouldn't be size four, but let's say he was size three, the percentage of models that moves him changes pretty dramatically, right? So since he is two, every model that pushes, throws, etc., can affect him. Yes. So that's another weakness he has. And once again, that actually adds to the first weakness because that's further compounded by his lack of action economy, right? And being displaced, right? Exactly. Yep. I mentioned all that because I know there's always a lot of buzz about how strong Bill is. And there, he's very strong. He's a great all-arounder, but he has weaknesses. And that's the primary weakness, right? And also, you know, Marvel dice are spiky. He can just be one shot from time to time from big characters. It's happened to me multiple times. And you feel like you didn't get your value out of him because his greatest value is, as we mentioned, throwing a lot and using the Corbinite cybernetics a lot to stay around the entire duration of the game, right? Like that's his biggest strength is that he, as we said, Chris, at the top of the uh, top of the section, he's tanky and he sustains, right? It's not so much about him making big plays with attacks or things like that. It's just him staying around and you, and you feel like he can get there in later rounds. So if he gets spiked early, that's also a huge weakness of him, right? Because now he's on that backside with five health. He might just go away quickly. So it's funny, the the cat and mouse game, him and the Apex Kaiju models in the game play with each other. It's like he's a, he's got good tools to mess with them. But at any given moment, they can maybe spike and just remove him. They too. can just erase him. Yeah. So I love that. The lore is right. He's only a four threat that can actually deal with them, but he can't necessarily win against them. It's more like, well, we're going to survive and score the game out, right? Yeah. And yeah. Malekith's not going to get all my models because Bill kind of honorably took the fight to him and kind of soloed him for a minute and bought us time, right? And the lore, the, the lore rules of that. They did a really good job with how this character plays and, and matching it to the lore. It's really, it's, it's really incredible how well they do this sometimes. Oh, it really is. But we got to move on to Bill's two tactics cards. Oh, are we going to do the good one first? I don't know. Which one's the good one? Well, Scuttlebutt, of course. Yeah, we're going to do Scuttlebutt again, just because we did it recently on Scourge. And, you know, we got to talk about it again with Bill. So Scuttlebutt on me. When an allied beta or a bill or an allied Scourge makes an attack during their activation, after the attack is resolved, the attacking character may spend any amount of power to play this card. The attacking character immediately performs the attack listed above, targeting the original target character. So nets you attacks. It's giving you that big swing. It gives you an attack, tech support, which is a energy attack at range five, strength of two, power cost of zero. Of course, that's going to go up. The yes, it is. Technor is line of sight. Enemy doesn't get cover. Add dice to the attack equal to the amount of power you paid to play this card. And after the attack is resolved, if it dealt damage, the character that played this card may throw the target character short. So once again, this is Scourge and Bill's like little Helios they have. Mini Helios. Well said. What I really, really love about it, I mean, like Helios, it's just a third, it's a third attack in your activation. Well, this one's actually better than Helios because it is a third attack. Helios is a attack. Yes, Helios takes the place of an attack. So in a way, this has an advantage over Helios. Certainly on a medium-sized or smaller character, this is better, right? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Being able to, you know, just think about it. Maybe you, maybe he took a spike of damage. He's sitting at like six or eight power at the beginning of the next activation. Maybe you just need to take somebody off the board, reach out and touch someone. It's now there. It's like that option is there. If you are up in the fight, 
that is, I mean, the potential for dice on this round is insane because if you're within two, you can throw 10 dice before you even get to the scuttlebutt card. Yeah. To build that power for scuttlebutt. Yeah. To potentially take the model out in front of you or daze them. And then you scuttlebutt to get someone on a back point or something like that with the rest of your power. You know, it's just, there's a lot of like last ditch energy to me with this scuttlebutt on me card. I really like it. It's, it's really fun and it's not like overpowered, but it's one of those things that's going to help you win a game sometime. It's what you want in these character cards. So absolutely. Well, I'm going to talk about the card that I think is even more exciting. Chris brothers in arms. Oh, good. See, I have just been so out of the loop on Asgard for so long. You know, I'm excited to learn more about this. So unaffiliated and active. So of course you need Thor and Beta Ray Bill to play this card, but they can be in any team, not even Asgard. Thor, Odin's son, and Beta Ray Bill may spend one power each to play this card. While within two of each other this round, the characters that played this card gain the superpower shown below. Innate, the worthy. These characters may not be advanced, thrown, or placed by enemy effects. Additionally, this character adds three dice to all energy attacks it makes this round. This reminds me of the card Wolverines. Of course. In so many ways. But adding dice? That's, that's sweet. Fun. That's yeah. sweet. I love that it's just a guaranteed play of I'm not being pushed off this researcher, this gamma. But I also love that it is the round of, you know, where you're like, okay, I'm just going to sit in the mid and I'm going to, I'm going to throw my hammer two times with each of them. And they're, the hammers are going to hit like a truck and, but we're also not going to move and we're going to score. What, what a visual too. Oh, brothers yeah. in arms back to back, just throwing their hammers. The art is real good. So real great. Good. Such good stuff. I think both these cards are in contention in your roster. If you're playing bill and, of course, Scourge and Thor in your roster as well. And so I think these are prime Asgard cards. Though, once again, don't have to be Asgard to play either of these cards, which I absolutely love. Yes, the flexibility on that is very great. All right, well, we got to get into the most fun right now, Chris. Talk about where Beta Ray Bill is in the game. Affiliated. Everywhere. He can be everywhere, but he, affiliated, he's only on two teams. Mm-hmm. Asgard and Guardians of the Galaxy. Love it. That's it right now. Maybe that changes in the future, but... Turns out he's amazing on those teams. He'll be on that Annihilators list. We just got to get there with those characters. I love it. I love it. He's amazing on these teams. Guardians give him rerolls, which, you know, sometimes he desperately needs on these strikes, which just yes. don't, don't connect and his defense, right? And then Asgard gives him way more sustainability with the removal of conditions and damage through the leadership, which I think is absolutely amazing. And he gets access to all these cards that these factions have so absolutely amazing on these teams if you're not playing on these teams i don't know what you're doing i I honestly i think he's the first model you reach for with asgard these days right we talked about it a lot i talked about that core that we have in asgard now which is thor scourge beta ray bill that's for your initial core of your asgard and you build out from there but also guardians i don't think he comes out and i say every game with guardians but he's absolutely in your 10 at the moment because he just gives you so many options now Let's talk about some really fun places you can play him and splash him. As Chris said, everywhere. But seriously, though, Sam Avengers and Steve Avengers right at the gate. Really good on these teams. He brings you tools in your tool belt, which you need to deal with bigger models. But also the Steve leadership is insane on his superpowers that you're going to use every turn. And then the Sam 
squad, it's less about what Sam brings for him and what he, but he brings to the Sam squad. Right. So I absolutely love that combination, but I adore playing him in hellfire. As you all know, I mean, hellfire giving him additional power and one heal. Great. It just makes him an amazing model. Right. It also gives you something that you don't have normally with bill, which is one power on demand to get the throw online. If your opponent's ignoring him and if your strikes aren't connecting, right? You can Emma if Bill's playing the game, which he should be. If he's on an objective or holding an extract, he can get the benefit, get that power, and now his throw is online. Of course, with Emma, you got to do all this before Bill's turn, right? You got to you got to set all these things up and activate Emma's Hellfire Club leadership all before Bill goes. But guess what? Now he's got three power. He's ready to go, right? He's ready to throw everything he's also just staying around with the heel when when it matters you know so now from that point onward where do you want to play him you can play him there exactly and and that's the kind of the point i want to kind of make here is the reason you see bill everywhere and i think it's very similar to the reason you see crimson dynamo everywhere is there's just not enough characters in the game at the moment that kind of fulfill these roles that they do that will change And I think that can change. I think it is changing actively. And we, the players, are still kind of figuring it out. But I think you made made the point earlier in the show, and I want to reiterate it. I don't think Bill is overpowered, just like I don't think Crimson Dynamo is overpowered. They're just the things that fulfill these roles right now. And for that reason, anywhere you need a good, tough, four-threat that can contest that midline or present some choices for a player playing those big kaiju models that are prevalent in the meta right now you know bill is just really really good at that and eventually there will be other characters that are really really good at that in a different flavor or different affiliations and at that time you'll see less bill but until then you're gonna see a lot of them and I think it's okay. It's totally okay because at the end of the day, like he's got weaknesses and you know, you can play around him, right? So yes, I'll close out with a couple of affiliations just to keep in the back of your mind. If you really want to try him different places, brotherhood, Magneto can give him more power. He can throw things to keep Magneto yep. online. Criminal syndicate. He's weirdly good in this team because he is a, essentially a four threat lizard for them. So he's a lizard that's just a little bit better. And he bill counting is two actually presents that question to your opponent. Are you going to get bill off this point? So I don't get the criminal double scoring essentially. Right. And counting is two. How are you going to get me off the point? Are you going to attack me? Are you going to give me power. You're going to throw mm-hmm. me off. I love that he can do that in that team and he's a great fit. Some other places that he works quite well, a force and in humans, it's for yes. the same reason. Big they time pass power to him. And at, basically, the longer a round goes on in those teams, the stronger, more Super Saiyan Bill gets because he's being powered up by the leaderships over time of the round. And then he can really go and throw someone, throw a hammer. You know, he can do a lot of things on his turn that he yeah. otherwise couldn't do at the beginning of the round. And those teams enable that in a massive way. So I think he's really good on those teams. I know people are probably starting to try him in defenders, possibly. I don't know how good he is in defenders because attrition is not his goal, but maybe just getting another reroll and get like getting a stun through, right? It can matter. I think he fulfills a role in some in some matchups in in defenders. Yeah. Under the DD defenders, of course. Somewhere I want to mention, 
I really think there is a lot to him in the uh, new Doc Ock Sinister Scientist uh, Spider-Foes affiliation. There's a little bit of power generation. He fits the theme of that list of being able, you know, big base, being able to move wherever kind of, you know, can hit hard, but, you know, just good models that do a lot. So uh, I think he's, I think he fits really well there. Yeah. And he totally fits that that concept we just talked about like he's a four threat lizard for that team right which is you know on top of lizard they already have so final spot i'll mention i think he's really good but not necessary is midnight suns and mainly just because of the bump right sometimes he just barely out and that bump can really help him get to that extract or it can help him get into strike range to actually be able to get action economy right it's just getting around that major weakness he has which is action economy right and that little bump, the medium-sized base, can really matter, right? Though I think Hella is kind of taking his spot these days, especially in Midnight Suns, for those same reasons, right? The medium-sized base and the power of the bump. Because at the end of the day, she can still turret after doing all that stuff and pretty much reach people. Bill cannot outside of his one hammer throw, which does cost two power. So yeah, just think places to consider him. He's an amazing model. You know, shout out to AMG. They literally sculpted his first cover art as the I love mini. it. Made me I, we adore it. <laughs> so kudos to them for that. And yeah, play beta Rhea bill. I'm sure you already are, or you've played against him, but give him a shot. And if you're not playing him in Asgard, I mean, get him on the table in Asgard and he makes that team really, really work in the modern day. <sighs> that team, that team going forward in the future is just so exciting. They have so much potential, right? It's so exciting. Oh. Yeah, I'm 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 waiting with bated breath to see the cards for these new models. Of course. Well, Furious Finest is supported by our wonderful patrons. You can become a Furious Finest patron by going to patreon.com slash Furious Finest. Of course, you can find us on several spaces online. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitch at Furious Finest. You can find us on X at Furious Finest Cast. You can find us on email at furiousfinest.gmail.com. And always leave us reviews on your podcast platform of choice. It really matters. Helps us out. We got our Spotify wrapped for the year. It was very cool. Got a lot of new listeners this year, which is great. So if you're new here, we'd love for you to leave a review and just continue to hang out with with our community. But I mean, welcome that you're here too. I mean, it's just absolutely insane that we're getting new listeners four years out, Chris. Love it. So it's amazing. Very cool. Very humbling as well. Thanks to Approaching Nirvana for the show's music. And like Jesse said, let's continue to get new listeners. Let's rate, review, subscribe, tell MCP folks about it, I guess. I don't know. Everything you guys do is awesome. Uh, I hate having to ask every week, but yeah, this is the world we live in. Yeah. And, you know, it's one of those things, obviously, you directly help us out. And especially if you can't support us, you know, fiscally, like on Patreon, best way you can support us is by listening and leaving us a five-star review. But also, clearly, new people are finding the show, right? And I yeah, think a lot of that is, is awesome. because you guys are leaving reviews and because you're listening. Because, yeah, it helps me and Chris and keeps us moving. But more importantly, it does show the internet that we exist and that Marvel Christ Protocol exists and more people find Marvel Christ Protocol and the show because you're leaving five-star reviews and because you're listening and because you're subscribing. So keep it up. You can find me and Chris on several spaces online. You can find me, Jesse, all the places at Jesse Aiken. That's J-S-S-E-E-A-K-I-N. Discord, Longshanks, Instagram, X. And check out my Star Wars Shatterpoint show. Hello there, a Star Wars Shatterpoint podcast. Everywhere podcasts can be found and on Spotify at Hello There. Cast on social media. Chris, where can everyone find you? 
Well, you can find me uh, on the Discord. I am Strong Style. I'm Chris Finest, display name in all of the relevant MCP Discords. Feel free to DM me, hit me up, talk to me in any of the Discords, whatever. Always down to chat when I've got time. Uh, You can also listen to me on Orange Futures, an NBA podcast with Chris and Ben. Sometimes we're pretty funny, so uh, go check it out. Do it. Well, we have one more treat for Asgard before we move on to different topics. And of course, we've got other episodes that are not character episodes coming very soon. So stay tuned for all that. But until next time, thanks for listening. True believers. Excelsior. The world has gotten even stranger than you already know. At this point, I doubt anything would surprise me. Ten bucks says you're wrong. 